right, here we go. Final half hour. Of course, Kings basketball, the NBA opening up tonight for Sacramento. They're in the road in Portland. We've got Kings hoops coming your way shortly. Capital Casino is back with indoor gaming and dining located inside at 411 North 16th Street in downtown Sacramento. Jason Ross here with you as we continue. Everything's going on now. It's great. The NBA baseball playoffs, and of course, the NFL right in the thick of it. And we enjoy our conversations every Wednesday with Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. We bring him in now. Chris, how are you? Jason, I'm doing well. How are you, my friend? I'm great. I'm great. I'm really looking forward to yet another week of action. Kind of want to backtrack a little bit to last week. We had all those walk-offs. We had some great wins. I know when you and I talked last week, we, we really didn't know where the Raiders were going to go with the turmoil they were in. They were coming off an awful performance. They lose their coach. And I thought they galvanized and played one of their better games. Credit to the Raiders and that staff for somehow putting that together last Sunday. Yeah, no doubt. And we've seen times, you know, people rally and, and now the key is, okay, is how sustainable is it? How well will they do it? We, we often see the interim guy just do, you know, a good job. And boy, that first week or so, it's good. Um, I, I was like you, I, I, I wasn't sure. We saw that now. I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes going forward and um, how consistent they can be. They've got a very winnable game again this week, but this is the type of game that, you know, things settle a little bit, and now you, the emotion wears off. Now the reality sets in, and where are you going to be as a team and, and how are you setting into the, the play calling and the any changes that are made. I, I think that's going to be interesting to see, and it was a really good performance, though, by the Raiders. Chris, I want to talk to you, too, about the Niners. Uh, they had the early bye, bye last week, so kind of a little bit early in the season, a team that's been injured. But I know coaches and organizations talk a lot about during the bye week, self-evaluating how have they played what have they looked they'll look at their own stuff kind of take us through that what are, what are teams trying to do on that bye week the coaching staff kind of to learn about what they've done and what they need to do going forward well self-scouting so there are really two things you want to do what have you done to this point in the year that's you need the most work on work on you the extra time you you'll have the normal work week to work on your opponent the next week work on you which is what are we struggling with? What do we need to spend more extra time on to correct us? Uh, two, scout your team as if you were playing your team mm. and try to break your tendency. So, you know, this is what we're doing in the red zone out of this formation. And you want to try to break those tendencies because that's what other teams are looking at. So you want to be able to do things alternatively to the way you've done them before, at least in terms of breaking your tendencies. You do those things um, as best you can. The other thing that you do, and I'm, I have to I'm, bet on me, I didn't really look at the schedule coming up. The other thing you do, you, you break it down by staff, but then you'll have a couple of quality control assistants. This is where you also, if coming up, if you got like any one of those Thursday games or something, mm-hmm. you might do some extra prep work on an opponent, not your team, not your coaches, but maybe some of the quality control guys. So you'll want to work ahead knowing that you might have a short week coming up for whatever reason. You're playing a Monday night game and you got a short week or a Thursday game. So those are the things that you try to get done during the bye week. And, and of course, the players, get them healed, getting rested. You know, all those things are really important. Uh, And yet making sure that they don't take a step back, that they're getting their workout in, they're eating right, because obviously it's a long stretch run of the year. 
Yeah, and this team, uh, Niners specifically, I think they needed to do that last part, get some guys healthy and healthier. Oh, yeah. Um, I do think they're still good. They're 2-3. and three. They've been competitive in their losses. What's your overall feel of, of the Niners right now? Look, they're in it. It's just, you know, you you look at it and you, you look at the Cardinals, <clears throat> you look at the Rams, and you just can't really – you're getting close enough now. We're getting close enough to, say, the end of – October to where you you just can't be you don't have enough time to make up ground if you go down mm-hmm. an extra game or two, um, you know you got Seattle in the same boat without Russell Wilson that you know they don't get him back healthy and they go down they they're going to play their way out of it so what looked like a four team race the Niners are hoping they can at least make it a three team race and you know so because right now the Rams are playing awfully good Arizona's awfully if you're looking at the best teams in the NFC in any order you want to put them. The Rams, the Cardinals, along with the Bucks, and I throw the Cowboys and the Packers in it. Those are, you know, of definitely, you know, amongst the five in any order you want to put them. Um, you know, so I, you just, you can't be playing chase, and you know, you're you're probably looking if you're the Niners or the Seahawks, trying to hold on and get into a race for the sixth or seventh spot, which is obviously a much tougher path, but. You know, if you're healthy, you can make a run. But that's where you are right now. I agree with you. The Niners, still a good roster, still a good team. But they've got to get some key people back uh, before the hole is so big that they can't climb out of. Chris Landry joining us, LandryFootball.com. I remember a year ago, Chris, when Pittsburgh, I think they got to 11-0. and And really nobody fully bought in and believed they would be a Super Bowl-caliber team. I think people think Arizona's good at 6-0. and Are there any similarities there, or is, or is Arizona a little more complete? Well, if you remember, Pittsburgh, yeah, they were winning close games. But then look at T.J. Watt went down, mm-hmm. and all their pass rushes went down. And then Ben started to have injuries, and it it didn't, you know, they didn't fall apart. They just collapsed. And uh, so, yeah, they were a shell of themselves then. That's what we don't know. I think this Arizona team is good. I, I do think that, you know, they factor into the top. But I don't know that they're like, you know, what I would say, like clearly or oh, nobody's going to beat them. I don't see them that way. Um, and certainly in terms of the vulnerability of falling apart, um, you know, I think the in- injuries would have to cause them to fall apart. But I, you know, I don't think they're going to sustain this completely. Um, I would still expect them to be, you know, right in that race, um, you know, for the number one seed all year long. But, you know, the quarterback stays healthy. They're making a lot of explosive plays. It's the defense that st- that stood tall and played well. Pass rush has been good, but that's where, you know, if you start to lose it a little bit like Pittsburgh did, that's where all of a sudden you turn around and <clears throat> instead of being a, you know, what's really going to be a 15-2 and two type team, you know, could be, you know, a, a, an 11-win team, you know. Mm. So that, that can flip around a little bit uh, in the negative end. And that's why injuries – look, look at Cleveland. Now, Cleveland is not – was not off to a great start, but you know they were pretty good looking team, and and they're three and three. Now look what they're facing now: quarterbacks down, both their running backs down. I mean, Odell Beckham again. I mean, it's like they look like a team that you know is is struggling to even be competitive, and you you wonder if they're almost out of it. So they didn't have the benefit of the six and zero start or the five and one start, but even if they did they'd be the contender to say, look out, they're in trouble. And I don't know what's going to happen this week at home. They get, they get Denver at home on Thursday, but 
they're completely banged up. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know. Uh, a lot of people go through that. Injuries are a part of it, but sometimes it happens in such a wave that you just you can't weather the storm or flip it back to where it was before. What's happened to a team like Miami, who had a great kind of resurgent year last year, probably high hopes coming into this year. They just lost in London to Jacksonville, their first win of the year. Uh, Tua hasn't been great. Now there's some rumors about them maybe really seriously looking at Deshaun Watson. What is happening with the Dolphins? Uh, To continue with the theme, quite frankly, injuries. Banged up on the offensive line. The offensive line is awful. They can't run the football. They don't have a feature back. So they can't protect Tua. Um, They can't run it well enough. And then there were down two of their top two receivers last week, for example. And then their top uh, three corners were out. I mean, so they, you know, other than that, it was like, and I didn't enjoy the play, I guess. It's just, it was just a mess. It's just, so, you know, they're not good enough to sustain that. And again, you can have some injuries, but when you have a lot of them and you're not real deep and you've got some flaws anyway, you got a problem. So I, I think what happened was things were going along a little steadier last year. They didn't have as many injuries. They're having a rash of them now, and I, I don't. I don't know that they. They are believing that. Uh, I, I think you're right. I think the whole Tua talk is out there, mm. and you know we'll see where that goes. You know, I think what they know is that Tua is not a guy that can carry it, which I I never thought he was, and maybe they saw him a little bit better, a little bit more. I, I think he's a guy that's a real good quarterback, but you got to give him a clean pocket, and he can pick you apart, but. They're not built that way, Jason. I mean, they don't run the football well enough. They don't protect well enough. And, yeah, they got weapons, but half of them are out. I mean, you know, they work Waddle and they work Jacecki last week, and yet they still defensively they couldn't get off the field against Trevor Lawrence, and so they lose the game. And, you know, so they're a one-in-five team, and they look like it, but yet they are competitive in some games, but they just don't have enough to finish it. Where, where are you on your belief, value, or rating, I guess, of a guy like Jared Goff, who the Rams mortgaged their future at the time to get him, move up, uh, took him to the Super Bowl. He obviously had way more weapons with the Rams, goes to Detroit, and now you have his coach looking for a win, Coach Campbell saying, I need more from him. Um, is he a franchise guy in this league? No. He's a guy that you know was overdrafted, and, yeah, he was successful in Los Angeles with a good running game and a very good defense. You can win with Jared Goff. He's not going to win for you. So you put him in Detroit, and okay, look, they, they're trying to run the football in Detroit, and, and you know what? They've got Swift, and they're focusing on that. The problem, Jason, is you're getting down. You're down 17 points in the second half. You're not running the football. So the one thing that you're built to do to play well around the quarterback, you can't do. And so God, Jared, make some plays. You know, he's not a guy that's going to make a ton of them. Now, with that said, they traded a guy that could do just that hmm. in Matthew Stafford. But, you know, they were constantly Stafford would bring him back, but there'd be a turnover. I mean, so there there's not been – it's an example of the quarterback position is the most important, but it is the most dependent. And you can have a great talent playmaking quarterback like Stafford and lose with him. You can take a guy that's – more of a manager that's that that you have to play well around of like off and you could lose either way because if you don't build a team around them but you got to have a good defense you got to play well on that side of the ball you got to be able to run the football but, but 
you know, running the football and defense works hand in hand. If you can't get off the field defensively, then you're going to get down in games, then you're not going to be as effective running the football. And therefore, if your offense is built on selling the run and being able to make plays because the defense has to respect the run, well, when you're down, they don't respect the run. They tee off. So now you've got a guy that needs a good operation value with the run game around him. That's taken away because of the way you're playing around him. And now you've got pass rush pressure that's even more detrimental to his success, and that's what you got. And, yeah, he needs to make more plays. But, you know, the reality is is I think there's limited – I mean, I think he can make some. He needs to play better. But I don't know that he's going to make as many plays as they think. They've got to build a better team around him. And, look, they've come close. They've, they've lost their two games that they played well enough to win, both Baltimore and Minnesota, and just not able to finish, unfortunately, for them. So getting off the field defensively is where it starts. What game do you like better this Sunday, Bengals-Ravens or Chiefs-Titans? I think the Chiefs-Titans are going to end up being the better game. And I'm intrigued by it. I'm really intrigued by Cincinnati-Baltimore. I mean, I I don't think Cincinnati's going to match up well against Baltimore. I think Baltimore's defense is going to put a lot of pressure on on Joe Burrow, and it's going to be a problem. But But I don't. But I want to see. I, I want to see how they handle that. I think Cincinnati's been incredibly efficient. Again, when they have protected Joe Burrow, he's done fine. But, you know, it, it's not been against the better defenses. I, I'm, so that's why I'm curious to see what they're able to do this week against this uh, Baltimore defense that's playing while well, this team, whole team's playing. They're running the ball well and they're playing good defense. So that intrigues me. Uh, probably the most and that titans I, I the titans bills game monday great game very exciting finish i like that uh mcdermott went for the fourth down you know the execution didn't quite go their way i think the titans did a great job of blowing that play up what was your thought just on the decision uh to to go for it oh yeah i'm all for the decision you know you just hit it i mean you got to execute you get bad footing and it ain't the decision you just get i mean they've had success doing that that's why you do it uh you're confident and you just execution is play calling is important. It, it really is. But I, I mean, I can tell you, Jason, I, I've called many a plays that I look back and said, what the bleep was out there? That was a <laughs> dumb play call and a player bailed it out. And I realized what, you know, you did it and, and you sometimes, Oh no. And they'd be, and then I've had plays that were perfectly designed and it's not executed. And, and, you know, I thought oh, it's a dumb play call execution is a big part of it. And of course that's coaching too. You got to either coaching it or allowing it to happen. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the bills are fine. Um, you know, that was a tough, a little bit concerned about the chargers. I mean, they got beat down. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm curious to see how they respond, but I still think that they're, they're good, but, but they both kind of were stymied a little bit. I worry a little bit about Buffalo just overall staying with them. It, it's just, do they run the football well enough? I mean, and, and you saw what happened when Josh Allen is not – he is so good at throwing the deep ball. But when he's, they're not as effective throwing the deep ball, then that's the problem. So always look at – don't tell me what the strength is. Tell me how good your weaknesses are. Hmm. You know, it's kind of like – remember when Tiger Woods was at his greatest? It, it wasn't how good are your good shots. Like Nicholas always said, how good, how good are your bad shots? 
because that's going to allow you. And, and so when you're looking at a football team, it's like, whoop, can you win in multiple ways? Okay, so an explosive passing attack, it's fine. If you have an off day there, if you if you find a matchup that's tough, if you just you're out of rhythm a little bit, can, can you run the football well enough? Can you play well enough on defense? Can you make can you create some field position with your special teams? What can you do alternatively? Because if you're one dimensional, that dimension if it's you know figured out in one game and you don't have the answer, you, you're just kind of left with with an empty toolbox. And uh, you know you just need to have more tools. So I'm, I'm wondering a little bit. Uh, you know, how good and how much better their run game can get so that if Josh Allen, if he doesn't have to be play superhero every week, then they're fine. They've got a lot of playmaking ability. And I think the defense is, is solid, sometimes really good, but games like that, that you could see that might be a tough game. And I thought they beat Tennessee, but uh, no, Tennessee's another team that, you know, I, their defense is underachieved and they played well down the stretch, but Derek Henry's a beast. Yeah. Um, they're there again. If Derrick Henry's not a beast in a given playoff game, can you protect Tannehill well enough? Can the receivers stay healthy enough to make plays? Uh, can the defense get off the field? You know, because again, their their one dimension is the back. So I always look at that and say, you know, how can they beat you in alternative ways? That usually tells you how good they are. Last thing for you, Chris. I always like to get some college football in. I don't see a lot of great stuff on the schedule, but that also means if something happens. We've got an upset. Who who would you look at as a potential upset candidate this weekend? Well, no, I think you know, um, you know, Georgia's got a break. Uh, Can- Oklahoma's got Kansas, Cincinnati. You no, know, and Alabama's not with Tennessee. So it's really not an upset candidate. I don't think Michigan's going to lose to Northwestern. But mm. you, you got some of these teams are not even playing. I will say this: it's not a game that's going to factor into the national playoff scene. But they're they're a couple of intrigues. But Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Oklahoma State's unbeaten. Iowa State's got two losses. The film tells me that Iowa State might be a little bit better, Ooh. but I'm I'm curious to see where that goes and and how that plays out. I think Oklahoma State's good, but that you know, and, and if they win this one, they look they're on pace to at least get to Bedlam with maybe unbeaten or one loss before they play Oklahoma at the end of the year. Oregon UCLA intrigues me. Um, I kind of like UCLA a little bit in this game. I like their running game. I trust it a little bit more, but that's intriguing to me. And then uh, Jason, don't look now, but Clemson is a three-point underdog to Pitt. And what you know happened what? There, there's like well, it's it's you know Clemson can't score. Um, they're bad offensively. Pitt is very good offensively, and so that's intriguing. And um, yeah, you know USC Notre Dame's not what it used to be. No. I mean, you're right. It's not the great game, but it's it's. You know, there's some intriguing games to me as I try to watch and see how some of these teams develop through the rest of the year. Um, going to be going to be a lot of going to be a lot of interesting games this week. But in terms of the leaders and who's in danger, this is about as safe a weekend as mm-hmm. you can get in terms of the leaders and who they're playing, or in some cases, not even playing. Yeah. Well, uh, we look forward to it. I know and look forward to our weekly chats here. Uh, LandryFootball.com. Tell everyone again uh, what they get, what they have the possibility to get when they uh, visit that. Absolutely. Well, we got a lot of stuff. we got all the podcasts up there. So if you like college football, you like the NFL, got uh, pro football podcasts, got the national college football podcast. we got a conference podcast for every conference, Pac-12, Big 12, Big 10, ACC, SEC. Got them all for you break it all down for you. The website, we go even more in-depth. We take you inside the film room. 
We break down the games before they're played, give you a look strategically from a coaching, scouting viewpoint, how we think the game may play out. And then on Monday, we recap inside the film room what happened, why it happened. So we give you that. We give you all the inside information in our scouting and NFL notebooks. So it gives you a good feel for what's going on at practices and who's available, who's healthy, what's not. So if you like football, you're going to love LandryFootball.com. It's like having your own scouting department for less than a magazine subscription. It's 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 less than $10 a month. And if you get it for a year membership, it's, it's even less than that. And you get stuff all year round. It's the draft. It's recruiting. It's free agency. It's during the season. It's just there's no offseason. And it's the coaching searches, which I'm heavily involved in in my stuff. So there's a lot of stuff that I think folks will like. Check it out. Try it out for a month. Uh, very easy to get to and follow. Awesome, Chris. Thank you so much. LandryFootball.com. We'll talk to you next Wednesday. Thank you, Jason. Take care. Have a great one. I right, appreciate it. That's Chris Landry. Incredible insight there. Uh, Kings fans, we're, we're almost there. We're almost at the moment of truth. The opener is coming your way. Still to come, game night. Scott Marsh, the high flyer, Henry Turner, will have that. I'll be back at 6.30 with G-Man and Henry uh, for Kings Live. And then, of course, the play-by-play coming your way. Game one, Kings and Blazers. So much to look forward to on that. We'll be back tomorrow to recap it all and get you up to date tomorrow as well on the ALCS, the NLCS, Thursday night football, but a lot of Kings tomorrow. Kings, 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 Kings. All right, good luck to the Kings in their opener. Game night is coming your way next. Thanks again to Chris Landry and to Lincoln Kennedy and all of you for listening today. We're back with more in game night. That's next here on Sports 1140 KHTK. See you.